1: G'day, g'day. Welcome to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we have an amazing, amazing, amazing show today. We have on um, Miss Goldie Jacoby. We've had her on before. You guys loved her. We're bringing her back, so I'm really excited. We're going to have her on today. And to start with, we have one of my favorite co-hosts, one of my favorite people, and she actually really wanted to be on when we had on Miss Goldie, so I'd like to welcome my special guest co-host for the day, Patty H., also known as my mom. Hi, hi, everybody. I'm really excited
2: about your guest today, Summer. This is just, you know, an honor to meet somebody like
1: that. And chat with her. I know. It's, wow. it's it's she's she's really amazing. But to start with, we have to go through what's going on in the news. And there's a whole bunch going on. We've got uh Julipa, she's she's kind of the breakout pop star. Um TikTok, of course, has changed the way that everyone's getting famous and getting known now. But the biggest news story is uh, the drop in the birth rate globally. Apparently, everyone thought there'd be a baby boom because of COVID. And instead, what we have is a Pornhub boom. (laughs) Well. Pornhub is the only (laughs) only business getting more traffic than Amazon now is Pornhub. So apparently... Instead of couples wanting to, you know, get through the pandemic by snuggling up all close, um, yeah, we've we've got this. I find it really strange.
2: You th- I just wonder. I still think it's more geared to men than women. I know women have uh, really uh, are expressing themselves and uh No,
1: know, there's, there's a lot of porn for women now. There's a lot of porn for women. Well, I, must so if, I must be so missing if, something. You are, yeah, there's, <laughs> I haven't seen a lot of it, but there is a lot of porn for women now. Uh, one of the things I find more interesting, I think a big future in film is for people that are going to do uh, film integrative pornography, which is, you know, real stories, real films, real interesting stuff with the sex. And uh, women's pornography kind of contains more storylines. It's like those bad Mills and Boone gothic romance, but, you know, you're watching it.
2: Yeah. Huh. So. Well, that'll be fun. My
1: goodness. Well, I think the one I keep trying to get a hold of, uh, jo- Joanna Lindsay, I keep wanting to buy her books to turn them into movies, but she doesn't want to give them to me. I keep trying. Uh,
2: yeah, she's been around a long time. I love her books. So, yeah. There's a lot of romance writers out there. And I don't know how much heavier duty they can get in the films than they are now. I mean, they really are showing everything now. Not quite.
1: There's still. Well, a little I bit mean, of... it's not
2: porn. I mean, they're still a little more discreet, but I'm sure nobody's going gonna... <laughs> <laughs> to. The real thing are they going to really want to look at that in the movies?
1: Yeah, why do you think it's gone this far? I think it's still going to go further. Besides, it depends. I mean, this—this this is my question: Is Chris Hemsworth in this movie? This hypothetical movie we're discussing. Is Chris Hemsworth in this movie? If he is, yes, I would like to see that movie. <laughs> okay. It's just I a think suggestion. It's happily I'm just in, saying. gone in uh, Australia at the moment. <laughs> he is. He's hiding out down in Byron Bay with his absolutely amazing wife and children. Mm. So I know I has people
2: text me sightings.
1: Of, uh, I saw him here. I saw him here. Chris, yeah, I got to say he's. Mm-hmm. You he's, say one he's one blessed. of the few. Hmm? Oh, he's one of the few that's really well known for being very faithful to his wife, which is very irritating. The icky skis bags aren't faithful, but you know, the ones you'd want to sleep with all of a sudden faithful to their wives, him and Hugh Jackman. I mean, what the hell? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Just bad manners. <laughs> um, no, he's, 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 he's known for being uh, quite faithful to his wife, which I think is wonderful. And he has been with her for years and years and years. So I like to see that. Um, Cause you know, you hear the horrible stories in Hollywood about the, uh, the the skis bags. So it's nice to hear about a good yeah. person.
2: Well, I was thinking that um, the crocodile Dundee, Paul... Uh, Hogan? You know, yeah, he surprised the heck out of me because having lived in Australia and knowing what homebodies they are, and I say that not as an insult, I like it's wonderful. You know, they really have a strong... Family unit and different things, and I that surprised the heck out of me when he left his
1: uh, wife for the American When he left his
2: wife to go with his act, yeah, but
1: to my knowledge, they're still together,
2: living out here.
1: Yeah, that surprised me. It's not, I don't know. It's it's just Australians are very much kind of home and family. So it did, it, it kind of knocked me for one.
2: Yeah, that, that one was a surprise for us, absolutely.
1: So we're going to have less babies this year then. We are, but don't the next- worry, they're making more porn videos. So with the decrease <laughs> in uh, the birth rate, there is advanced calls. Like I'm getting notices all the time. We can't make movies. We're finally, I, I shouldn't say that. We are finally allowed to get back to work. Like, Hollywood's finally letting us back to work. I'm really excited about this. We've got new rules to follow, but whatever. I can go back to work. Um, But I'm getting constant notices. They're looking for producers, directors, actresses. Like, if you want to work in the adult film industry, now is your time. Everyone is going mad looking for adult film actors. So. Wow. I I just, that's that's what I'm getting notices for. Like, usually it's the, hey... could I submit your name? Uh, no, no, thank you. I've always turned down doing porn. And I have had I plenty of offers. So.
2: <laughs> as your mother, I totally hope you have been turning that down. I'm
1: just joking. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <ma'am. laughs> yeah. No, I, I've, never, I've never had the... Uh, I, I don't like sex in real life. I can't imagine I'd like to do it as a job.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't have said that out loud.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>, well. <laughs> it's just, just not my thing. You know, I I can't imagine that doing it for a job, like that would be, what do you not like to do in your spare time now, do that for a living? Mm
2: -hmm. I was thinking the lack of babies would be more attributed with people having to live with each other more, you know, and the problems that ensue from close living. Well, the last time we had a
1: pandemic uh, in uh, 1918, when they did start closing things down and people wore masks, I'd like to point out, we did not have mask protests in 1918 because people were smarter, but uh, they did wear masks and they did uh, quarantine and do all that stuff. There was a baby boom. There wasn't um, a lack, you know, a a lack of booty, but uh, my generation, the millennials actually have less sex uh, than Gen X who came before them. Gen X has less sex than uh, the baby boomers who came before them. And you baby boomers everybody have has,
2: less... Honey, everybody s- had less sex than the baby boomers.
1: Actually, that's not true. You guys had less sex than the greatest generation. So what's happening is the more entertainment that's been coming out and the more things there are to do, the less people are doing the do. So well. we have uh, we have chronologically, like we, we, we've chronologically been getting less and less and less booty. And you and the advent of birth control did cause a boom for a little while, but uh people are using less birth control and having less sex. I don't blame them. I get wow. it. What's the point? <laughs> yeah, I, just, I don't know
2: anybody in that situation, so
1: I can't have less sex. <laughs> I'm just saying, like I, I know. I find it interesting that video games, the internet, all of these things have kind of contributed to, to people having less sex where your grandparents have more sex than you do. And you know, your generation, I hate thinking about you having sex, but you know, I have to be here for a reason. (laughs) Um, Your generation has more sex than mine. um, And you know, the, and so on and so forth. So eventually like four generations down, human beings are just going to die off because everyone's going to be playing world of Warcraft. Or Call of Duty or something.
2: Oh, I, I wouldn't hold my breath on that. We're always going to procreate as long as we
1: can. You need to watch the movie Idiocracy. It's not the people that should be procreating that keep procreating, though. If you find a one-tooth yokel whose hobby is, look, I can pull the car by tying a rope to the bumper and I can pull it with my teeth if you put it in neutral... He's going to have nine kids. He's going to have nine kids. But, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson will have a couple. Like the brilliant minds will have one or two kids. But people that aren't smart enough to use birth control will have 11.
2: Well, I'm just well, saying. Look at my grandfather. Came, it was of uh, brothers and sisters. There were 12 of them.
1: And. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but mom, when you look at the Paleolithic era, era, era you had to have a lot. Wait a lot minute, because my grandfather you- <laughs> wasn't Paleolithic.
2: Give me a break.
1: <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just saying uh, pe- people oh, had more know. children then <laughs> because of the- there weren't vaccinations, children didn't live as long, and, you know, no birth control. I mean, I doubt your grandmother went, I want to squeeze 12 babies out. I, there's no part of me that thinks no, she did No, I, I, I understand that.
2: Um, sometimes they want big families, but, you know, they can't couldn't afford them. It was
1: terrible. Well, it's not a good era in history. I'm just saying it's, uh, you know, when, when there's no birth control, that's the problem. But the the biggest oh. problem, I think, now is we have... The undereducated don't really want to breed, uh, don't really want to use birth control, and the educated just, you know, I mean, if you can use a computer, you're going to have a couple of kids. If you, if, if you think the greatest thing in the world is, you know, to pick chiggers off your cousin's backside, then you're going to have nine kids. That's where my brain goes with this. That's all I've seen. Right, uh, right. Well, and now
2: that I have... Again, they... <laughs> You're talking. Then now you're getting into the, the economic aspect of it, which um, people who are from, let's say, our hill countries—is that a polite way to put it? Arkansas, I was Oklahoma. Say, I, was say I don't know Yobo- if there's any
1: hills I, there. I, I, we'll <laughs> use we'll use yobos from Australia. Let's use Australia, so we don't insult anyone. I'm I'm just saying, like, yeah, yeah, it's, perfect. It's it's when you're looking at at yobos from out back, they're going to have eleven kids. But when you look at someone intelligent, they're, they're going to have a few. And it's just, it's a very a different way of being. Yeah. But,
2: you but know, you're not taking in jer- the cultural aspect of it either. Remember, uh, no. some groups obviously will have more children because of their religious beliefs and different things. So yeah, I, I guess it depends what our, our makeup of our population.
1: I'd like to point out, you're a Jewish woman that raised me Catholic. Um, I, I grew up in, 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 like in, in a religion that just has babies. And that's not what anyone I know in that religion does. Um, mm. but we are going to go to break. When we come back, we will try and be less insulting to people's religions, less insulting to uh, people's socioeconomic brackets. We're uh, not, in, we're not insulting we anyone. Fail. We're just somehow I think we'll fail. I did. I did insult the yobos, and I meant what I said. We are going to go to Uh break. uh, We'll be right back after (laughs) this.
0: Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? here on the voice america variety channel have you had a chance to check out voice america's online magazine and blog if you love our hosts and shows check out articles that give an even deeper perspective plus topics about health and fitness movie reviews philosophy business tips and tactics spirituality positive thoughts, current events and even more about your favorite hosts It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voiceamerica. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day,
1: guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we have a couple of giveaways today and a couple of thank yous today. The first couple of giveaways we have are from uh, Peter Matthews. We have a giveaway from him. We've had him on as a guest. You guys loved him. He is the author of Dollar Democracy on Steroids with Liberty and Justice for Some, How to Reclaim the Middle Class Dream for All. It's a great book. I started reading it and I get bored with political books and I enjoyed this. We're giving away a copy of that. We are giving away a ride at Off-Road Rentals in Palm Springs, California for two. So two of you can get a ride there. Um we are also giving away a float from True Rest, Sedona, and Las Vegas. You can use it at any True Rest float spa. And, of course, our foldable ballet flats with pouch from Gracious, Graciously Your Sydney. It's I love these ballet flats. But I'm going to say, Mum, if you want to ask someone a question or two, um, but my first thing I'm going to say, when we have our guest on, when we have on Miss Goldie, Uh, Tell me the most important thing you took from it Hop on my Twitter Tell me the most important thing you took from it And I will give you your choice choice of giveaways I'm going to give away two giveaways um, Based on Miss Goldie's question On Miss Goldie's story Tell me what you learned from it And why it's important And you can have your choice of any of our giveaways And uh, mum Do you want to choose a question for our giveaways today?
2: Sure Sure to, do you want one right now or are we uh
1: yeah choose choose one right now well i'll do the thank oh. you as you think of a question so thank you to off rentals in palm springs california for always doing giveaways on this show we appreciate you love partnering with you and i know our listeners love your your atvs because they keep writing in and getting free rides trainer joe's fitness in palm desert thank you very very much tiny bubbles hair salon oh. personal thank you for making me look like a human especially with the pandemic and everything going on i feel like a monster and you saved my butt. Aspen Mills Bakery, True Rest in Las Vegas. Castlewood Cottages in Big Bear. If you need to get away, go up there. It's isolated. It's a cabin to yourself. It's a great place to be. It's themed. It's a great way to get away. And, of course, uh, auto image mobile detailing. That is a great place. If you guys have been doing what I've been doing, I've been going to drive-in movies, stuck at home. Get your car detailed. Get your house cleaned. Sneak. Get away. Still social distance and wear your masks. But now it's time to kind of start gearing up and getting human again. Uh, Mom, what would your question be? Yeah. Oh, gosh. I was going to base
2: it on what we were talking about in our first subject, which is um, if somebody was listening, can they tell us why um, our birth rate is decreasing based on our earlier
1: conversation? Okay, so tell us what the birth rate is dropping, and you can win any of those giveaways. So write on in on Twitter and let us know. Now, I do have to say I'm always excited for when um, Miss Goldie comes on. So our guest today, it's a little bit early. We're going to have her on in about 10 minutes. Um, Miss Goldie is one of the youngest Holocaust survivors. Miss Jacoby was born in Poland in 1937. She and her family hid from the Nazis in a barn for more than two years. Her late husband, George, was also a Holocaust survivor. His entire family died, and he spent time in numerous concentration camps, including Auschwitz. In her book, um, Miss Jacoby tells the gripping story of – I keep saying Jacoby, it's Jacoby, and it's written like Jacoby – and it's the Australian in me that's that's doing this. I'm sorry, Miss Goldie. Um, in her gripping story of survival, Miss Jacoby spends much of her time speaking to students in the Coachella Valley about her experiences during the Holocaust. I got to tell you, she came on the show the first time um, because my my munchkin went to one of her talks, and she was so moved and so um, touched by what Miss Goldie was saying that. Um, she asked me to listen and I jumped online and started listening to Miss Goldie's stuff and I thought it was so, so, so important. And to the guy that's writing in on Twitter, um, I agree it is quite relevant right now with, with, the, um, their, with the racial divide in the country and with all of these problems and people talking about fascism and all that's going on. Um, I think looking at this, especially with so many Holocaust deniers and so many um, conspiracy theorists, it's important for us to remember what's gone on. So we don't repeat the mistakes of the past. So I agree with you. I think that is a very, very good point Um, to the gentleman that just wrote in on, on uh, Twitter. No, I don't think, I I do think the film industry does have to do with the the drop in birth rate. It's not just film. It's television. That's why um, over time people, have you know, less and less children have been born in general, but I think the the biggest factor they're saying now is people, you know, the 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 porn industry has really changed. how he give people you the right to answer. Each other. Yeah, he did. I have yep, I have a whole good. bunch of these answers, so he's got that, which I like. Okay, oh, and I have uh, my Great. first Excellent. question. He did. Yeah, he was listening, so he's got that. You can take whichever giveaway you want, which I think is fantastic. Uh, my favorites. You know, and it, I it can really recommend, recommend so many of them. They are so great. I always, oh yeah, I, I always love our giveaways. Um, we we do. We have some of the coolest giveaways now. I am going to say um, that oh, I got the best write-in on Twitter. It's about the impeachment. I was going to say we're really not going to get much into the impeachment, but this was the best comparison I heard. Scar didn't try and kill Simba. That's ridiculous. All he did was give a speech to his supporters about starting a stampede in Simba's direction. The hyenas made their own choices, and he fully condemned them afterwards. Mm. That, that is quite relevant. I can give you her name. Let me get to it. You no, know, just stayed uh, on line. I thought it was a great analogy. Good for her. Stacy K. Stacey K- She said, uh, we need to impeach Trump because if we look at it from this perspective, so Stacey K on Twitter, that was very good. I'm going to retweet that. Mm. Um, so I, I, as far as the impeachment goes, guys, it's not really an entertainment thing. Uh, with, when Trump was in the white house, it was easy for me to talk about because he was a Hollywood person. Um, when you're looking at this kind of impeachment, I don't know enough about American politics to do anything but give you an opinion. Um, I can't tell you
2: I you know, I don't I, think that's true. I you know more than me and I'm American born.
1: Just <laughs> yeah, but that's what happens. Florida's always <laughs> by, by yeah. Yeah. Mm. I, I think we
2: I Sorry
1: think to interrupt. We, I Go think the Oh, no, no, no. I I appreciate that. I think what I mean by I don't know is I don't understand enough about what is sedition or what uh, constitutes sedition to give an opinion. um, Right. As to whether or not he's guilty of it, do I think he did something wrong? Of course. I, I didn't, I mean, that's not really up for debate. The question is legally, where is it? Um, you know, you can't call it treason because treason's a death penalty offense. Incitement of an insurrection. Mean that it
2: isn't treason, though. Absolutely. Honey, no.
1: I mean, not based on, the,
2: you know, the death penalty. You can't, you know. Uh, I, so I don't believe in the death penalty. So. After listening to it again and again,
1: uh, yeah, he did create a problem. No, problem. I think when you when you lie for months, when you create a disruption and a distrust in media and government, you set yourself up to be able to undermine that government. And I think that's what we're looking at here. I mean, we've seen it done so many times in so many different countries. You just don't expect it to be done in the United States. You don't expect people to be able to, to lie so freely And I think that the media bears a great deal of responsibility as it always does when, when regimes or governments go bad. Um, and I think the division in media needs to be addressed in a pretty serious way. Um, I think there needs to be laws in place. I don't think free speech should be protected, should be protecting news. And what I mean by that is we have to separate our opinion panels from news, from news information and from news media, because what's happening is people are taking their news from, from, from media outlets that are directly lying. And that, yeah. And that's, that's a pretty serious problem.
2: Well, I'd love for them to get some rules and back in place that people have to be factual. We don't need their opinions. How about just being objective, stating the news objectively, not objectively.
1: And nobody seems to be able to do that. So America's free speech laws affect that. Um, and I don't think that the free speech laws to a degree, I, I think free speech should obviously be applied, but I think that to to be able to get a press credential they need to look at channels like um, like Fox and like CNN and say if you're going to put opinion shows on you're no longer a news outlet. You're either a news outlet or you're, you're an opinion platform. You can't be both. And I think that makes a difference. But uh, news stations took advantage of the cha- – it was, it was called the Channel 9 rule. And what that meant was Channel 9 could play any content it wanted, but when the news came on, it was news time. And so they did that for so many years um, that when the cable channels came on, they took advantage of it, called themselves a news channel – but played opinion shows and then had a small segment that was real news. So
3: they got around it
1: by, by doing that. But I think if you're going to call yourself a news channel, you need to be subjected to, um, a lot more scrutiny so that things like this don't happen in the future. I do think there needs to be some accountability to the media. Just, just an opinion there. Yeah. Okay. We are going to go to break. When we come back, we are going to be on with Miss Goldie Jacoby. She's one of my favorite people. She's a friend of the show. We've had her on before. You guys loved her. We always love talking to her. So I'm very excited to talk to her. I'm Summer Helene. We're on with my special guest co-host, Paddy H. You can find her on TikTok, Dance Grandma Dance. So, All we'll lower right case. back. All lowercase. <laughs> we'll be right back after this.
0: stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast all the time the number 1 internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com
1: tune in to the patricia raskin show on voiceamerica.com every monday at 2 p.m. eastern time and 11 a.m. pacific time
0: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7.
2: Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events and even more about your favorite host it's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com that's blog.voiceamerica.com the voice america press blog all access all the time follow the voice america variety channel on twitter our hosts always have something to say and we know that you do too we tweet on today's hot topics and you're welcome to follow us Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety.
0: You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to bts at SummerHelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes.
1: G'day, g'day guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We are with my special guest co-host, Patty H. of Dance Grandma Dance on TikTok. And our very, very special guest, one of my favorite people, um, Miss Goldie uh, Jacoby. Miss Jacoby, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? quite quite well uh, i think when you when you came on you said one of the best things um i heard which was facts are facts and opinions are opinions and we should stick to that so i think i think you hit the nail on the head there
3: that's correct that's correct <clears throat> can i speak something about no. why i'm i'm really excited to be on
2: because oh yes I, please. Uh, please yes
3: Yesterday I did a Zoom with 250, uh, students and, and, um, there were eighth graders, you know. So we mm-hmm. didn't speak politics, but I told them, shared my story with them and told them that anti-Semitism and racism are the cancer of humanity. I mean, this is a total cancer. And if not for that, we, if, if there was some more kindness and some some empathy in the world, you know, this wouldn't happen. We wouldn't have all this. We wouldn't even have what's happening in, with our country. You know, when I came to this country, I was 12 years old from hell. And I re- literally came from hell. I suffered under, in, in the, during the Holocaust, like uh, a story like, I don't know if I've ever told it on your station or not, but, it, you know, it's horrendous. And, and when this happened at the White House, at the Capitol, it just breaks uh, all the memories of them breaking into our house, the Germans breaking into our house and actually broken the door in the middle of the night, uh, to, to get my father and my uncle to labor, to a labor camp. They escaped, uh, uh they escaped while they were banging on the door. And my mother was left with the two children, me and my brother, and I was about almost six years old, five and six years old, <laughs> and my brother was nine. And 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 it just it 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 touched me. It start, I started crying. I slept the whole weekend because that's how I escaped what what happened. I had nobody to talk yes, to about it. Yes, of course,
2: you know? I understand that. So
3: it it so it, this is not a this is not a joke. We are. It started the same way, you know, It rumors and and, and 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 lies and lies till Hitler was able to take over and, and destroy the universe, you know. And so, I, to me, this is familiar, you know, but I never thought that I'm living in this country. I'm, look, I'm 82 years old. Here. I came here, <laughs> and I came here at, at age 12, 11, 12. I have never experienced this all these years that I am in this country a little anti-Semitism here and there, you know, but this, I have never, I mean, Americans killing Americans. I mean, this is not, this is not my America, you know, and I'm hoping with my speaking, maybe, maybe the young generation, I speak to so many times in schools and to all the students and everybody who wants to listen, not only the students, because, you know, uh, I was just—I'll just tell you a few bright, few more things, you know, because I know, and I—I don't have a, a whole hour to tell my whole story, you know. So I—I would just tell you that I am one of the few youngest. Imagine, I'm 83, and I'm one of the few youngest <laughs> <laughs> survivors. Uh Survivors, and when I when I die, there will be no one else left to tell the true story of of what has happened, you know. And I, uh, I am still able to speak and yeah. to, to drive and to share. So I'm doing as much as I possibly can. So, you uh, know, and it's more important now to hear my story because what happened on January 6th reminded me of what happened when Hitler came into power. I was, you know, I was a five, six year old little girl and we went to visit our, our paternal uh, grandparents. And, and, um, I don't know if it was a night after or a night before, uh, I couldn't find my mother. It was a little, we went to visit in a little, little town in Poland. And, uh, so it was like a one horse town, you know? Uh, and I saw everybody suddenly got upset and happy and everybody's walking around with tears and I got really scared and I couldn't find my mother and, they pointed down the street and I ran down the street and there was my mother taking a ba- a baby with, a, with another young woman. She was a teacher, a of, of Hebrew teacher in that uh, uh, little uh, town. And she, that was her firstborn baby. And she took that infant and put it in a, in a suitcase. And they were both crying and they were crying and I got so scared. They were bedding out the suitcase with a sheet and putting the baby, the crying baby, in the suitcase. And I was I, and I was shaking and crying, and, and they were crying. And they sh- shut the suitcase, and no more, didn't hear the baby cry anymore. So they killed the baby. And they killed the baby because they knew something. Of course, a child doesn't know. I didn't know. But it terrified me because I thought that they're going to put me in the suitcase, you know. I remember how scared I was. And it didn't take long when the, uh, 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 what do you call uh, uh, Proclamation came in that little town that all the Jews have to go to this grassy knoll. You know, it used to be like a, like a market, you know, uh, like a swap meat market. All the Jews have to gather up and, and, and go to the no because we have already, uh, surrounded your town and you are now in a ghetto. You can't escape. All Jews just go to this world like sheep. You know, but my father at this time had already escaped because they were, remember I said they were breaking into our, um, into our house. And so he escaped with my uncle because he didn't want to go picked up or labor or death. We didn't know. Uh, so my mother, my brother and I, and my mother and every, all the Jews gathered up and went to this grassy knoll. and the first thing they did, there were about two or three babies, mothers with babies. The Gestapo, I, I, when I talk about it, that brings me, you know, to tears because I hear the screams all night long, <laughs> every day, every night. They took the babies out of the mother's arms and they threw them against the brick wall. Just threw them against the brick wall, so they shattered and blood all over, and the mother screaming, screaming, and the screams you could hear in another town. And I and my mother held my mouth and my brothers not to draw attention, but I thought for sure they're going to take me to and for me, because you know when you're five, six, you don't know if you're a baby as as little as that one is. You just think they're going to kill you too. And with those screams and they, the mothers were forced to sit, to sit down and they didn't stop yowling and screaming. And then they took my grandfather and my grandmother, push, pulled them down because it was like a little hill. All the old people, all the old people and with, with rifle butts, there were about six, seven, eight soldiers standing there with rifle butts. They hit him in the head, and they died right there and then. To this day, I don't know if they were buried or how they were buried. I don't. I never asked my mother, and I don't remember. So, and after that, they told us all to go home. And now to go home uh, means that the rest of us are going to be killed, and we knew that. My father and my uncle came back wherever they were hiding. And they told my mother, my aunt, that they were going to join the freedom fighters, and you know, but they don't want any children, mothers, and children. So we will have to die there. And my mother said, "Go ahead, if you can save yourself." And those words I'll never forget because I remember my mother crying. And and after that, they decided that maybe they can save our lives somehow. So they dug up under my my aunt's. Uh, it, you know, in her room, in her living room, or the china closet, and they took the logs away, uh, and they they dug a hole like a grave, you know, actually like a grave, uh, and and they told us as soon as they when we hear anything, uh, my uncle said you you jump in there, you know, with my aunt and my the other two cousins that we were with, jump in there and 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 you maybe maybe we'll save your life. Well it happened. The Germans started marching into houses and we jumped into there and we and we they he put the the China closet and the logs right back and then he ran into the attic. Now remember if he wouldn't not survive he would die there anyway, we would suffocate all of us. So so it was it it was all up to him surviving in the attic for us to survive because otherwise you know it was, it was awful.
1: He wouldn't have been able to come down and free you?
3: Yeah, there would be no one to move their chest and free us. In the meantime, uh, I always had problems as a child with the sore throats my mother said and the earaches and so on. I was the first one that passed out and and uh, uh, had no air left and so I don't know how long it took uh uh, my mother said she's dead, and then I didn't hear that thing. I just passed out, and and so in the last minute, she took me and lifted me up to the slats, to the logs, to the ceiling. Maybe maybe some air will come in through the, the cracks. And uh, at that moment, after all the killing, there was so much killing going on uh, all night long. Screams and killings. They they at this. They killed everybody in the town. And after that, my uncle came down as my mother was picking me up to the ceiling. I'm just making shortcuts to this. Uh, um, At the ceiling, and uh, you know, at the higher ups to breathe, my uncle moved the logs and said, run, run, run. Everyone is dead. Just run. So... They must have left already, town, because now they are two women. There were a lot of uncles and aunts that visited. We we were just like a reunion at that time. But my aunt, this one aunt, and and my mother and the two she had two children the same ages as my as my brother and I, you know. And and by the way, when my father, when they broke in. And I have to go backwards. When they broke into our house at night, at night, screaming to my mother, Where are the men? Where are the men? Uh, my mother kept saying, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And they held a bayonet against her throat. And, and my brother and I were screaming and crying. They said, Shut up those children or we'll kill you. Where are the, where are the men? And when my mother thought that they escaped to the back, they ran. She pointed her finger there, and 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 uh, uh, my cousin who was lived in this 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 house um, was thirteen years old, and they brutally attacked her. They gang raped her. Is what, what they did, and she was never the same after that. You know, and that that was the beginning of our life. What I just told you, what I just told you. After that, they told us all to go to this place to this snow and. I already told you what happened. I had to, I witnessed all this, you know? And the fear, the death. Every minute, my mother said, we're, we're dead, we're dead. I, I I, didn't know what that meant, you know? But fear, just total fear, running all the time. Well, then we left. The two women with the four children, we left the town. But they have no skills of survival. They don't know what, to, just whatever we had on, with a blanket. We ran and we ran into every single uh, village, the farmers. We knocked on the door late at night, give us some food please. We had we're so hungry. My mother pointed to our mouth when we opened them to give us some food. They said, get away from my door. We don't we don't see Jews. Get away from my door. Every single one, not one not one, I must tell you, this is a Christian society, they're all uh, uh, c- Catholic, you know, they're all c- c- Polish, yeah, all Catholic, blonde, blue-eyed Catholics, and and not not one person would throw out a piece of bread or something to to let us eat. So we were forging in the ground, but winter was coming. So there was nothing really to forge, no matter what, a little root here and a root there. And even with that, we got so unlucky out of nowhere while we were forging and trying to dig something up. Halt, or I'll shoot, there was a a German soldier appears and and wanted a... I don't know what he wanted to do, but he, my mother... My mother grabbed me by the hand and my brother, and she started running, 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 and, 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 and she kept screaming, don't shoot us. Oh, if you do shoot us in the back, I'm, I, I don't want to see my children die. I don't want to see my children die. And, and my aunt is screaming, Helen, Helen, he's not shooting. Come on down. Come down. And her name was Helen. And my mother, so she turned around and we went by. Imagine, I'm always hearing... Death we're dead. We shooting, shooting. So all four children bent down and started kissing the the boots uh, of the of the soldier and begging him not to kill us. He said, "Okay, okay, okay." And he took my mother's wedding band and my aunt. That's all they had left. And then he wanted the blanket, and my mother said, "No, that you can't have because." If you have the blanket, you might as well kill us now because the children won't survive this hard winter. He said, "Okay, okay." He says, "Go ahead, run, run to the forest." Again, my mother grabs me by the hand and my and, and my brother and and my aunt and and we are running and she's screaming, "Oh, he's going to kill us! He's going to kill us! He's going to mow us down with a!" But he didn't. He didn't. I don't know what happened, but he didn't. So we went into the forest, and then my mother and my aunt—they wished that she did shoot us because they didn't know what to do. So they decided they were going to. They were so desperate. I don't know if you can possibly imagine the desperation of hunger. By this time, our shoes were gone, so we wrapped with with some, some whatever extra. Clothing we had, we wrapped our shoes with that, and and I want you to know the lice were eating us up. We haven't bathed. We haven't. We didn't had hardly any water until we could go into a well at night and 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 not to make noise and to get some water out of the well of the well. And and uh, my feet especially had very big sores, pus sores, and 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 my hair full of lice and, and so many sores from scratching. The lice were eating us up, All you know, all of us. And, and we, you know, they just couldn't take it. So they decided that we heard them whisper, my mother and my aunt, that they were going to throw us in a in emergency killing to throw us into a well so we don't have to suffer because the next thing was concentration camp. And they knew about it. We did not know. kids didn't know what concentration camp was or anything. But they must have heard about it because they said that they can't do this anymore. So they'll be picked up and they will die in concentration camp. So why should the children suffer? So they would rather drown us. Of course, we begged and pleaded and and they didn't. That's why I'm here to tell you the story. It's, it's such a it's really a story like no other. And then, so my mother decided, my mother and my aunt decided they'll go to this last village and they'll go in and they'll, they'll sit down and if they feed, maybe the lady will see them. If not, she'll just have to call the Gestapo, which is the horrible German police. So we went to this place and we begged them for food. They said again, the same thing, no, 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 no food. And produce, uh, just get away, get away. And my mother said, "Okay, so you better do what you have to do because we're not moving. We can't move anymore. We don't know. What, we don't know where to go. So, go ahead and call the police." But they were scared. They were scared of involved being involved. What if the Germans think that they're involved in some way? Anyway? So she, the the woman t- told the farm lady told my mother. That she saw in the next village, there were two men uh, at this friends of theirs, and they were hiding there. And the way she described the men, it sounded like it's my father and my uncle. So they did not they did not join with the with the partisans yet. That they were going with the freedom fighters, you know they 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 were they were there. So they took off. Imagine they took off all of them to go to that little town except me. Me, they left behind because I couldn't walk anymore. My feet were so full of pus uh, sores that I, there was no blisters. You know, I could not walk anymore. So they left me behind, and of course she wouldn't take me in the house. Jewish child with life. So she she poured it a bucket of turpentine or gasoline. I don't know what it was. Whatever it was, it burned. Oh my gosh. It burned. She poured it on my head and it burned down to my sores on my, on my feet. And the pain I, what well, I whimpered. So she slapped me a few times and then I thought that was death and she threw me into the barn. It was like a dark barn. All I could hear is a horse, a horse there. And, and I was just sitting shivering, shivering. I knew this must be death because you know, it sounded, was the worst thing I've ever experienced. And and, and I waited to die, I guess, because I didn't know anything. I was, like I said, I was between five and six years old. And um, I miss, wonder sometimes. I was going Go to ahead. say, Miss Goldie, we are getting to the end of the show. I
1: know you have books. Your husband has stories. Where can people access your story? I'd love to have you on
3: okay. um, and continue going yeah, through it again. Number you one, mind. You, I, I can... Con- I can continue, Mark, where I left off, and I will continue right. next time I go, but here's Please. my email address. Please contact me. I have books of my husband's concentration camp stay, and, and me, they can contact me, and I can talk to them anytime. Uh, the, will... My email address is Jacobi, Gola G-O-L-A, at gmail.
1: Um, I will, and I'll put up links to your husband's books and everything so that everyone can can listen to these stories. They're very important, especially right now. Um, It is very important. Because we we can get
3: to this place again, you know, when we need to.
1: We have about two minutes left. What would you, is there anything you'd like to say to everyone? Because this is incredibly important. I,
3: I would like... To tell everyone to be kind to uh, to each other, and to and to have empathy, and to not get into into this 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 racism, and and I, I would like when I speak to the kids, I ask them to please promise me that you will stand up, stand up, be your brother's keeper, and don't allow anybody to 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 hurt another person, because this is not this can happen. Even now with what's happening, it really scares me. I'm going to speak even more than I do if I have enough energy to do it, you know, because this, this thing can repeat itself. If we don't watch out. I think that's very, very important.
1: Um, I'm going to put up a link so you guys can check out Miss Goldie. I'm going to say thank you for joining us. Um, Miss Goldie Jacoby is one of the most incredible people we've we've ever had on the show and one of the people I'm quite honored to have on. So thank you, Miss Goldie. I'd love to have you on and continue. Maybe love's the wrong word. It's I, it's always heartbreaking to hear this.
3: I will. I will. I will. I promise I will, because it's important. And thank you all for listening. Thank you. Yeah, thank you hear, for joining us. Ladies and you're gentlemen, an thank you. Woman.
1: Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very, very much for joining us. Please, if you have a chance, listen to this through again. um, Take, listen to what Miss Goldie has to say. It's very important, especially right now with as divided as we are. I'm Summer Helene. We're on with my special guest co-host, Patty H, and our very, very special guest, um, Miss Goldie Jacoby. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Good night.